is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm Ren Law, author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. And now it's time for AJNW News Headlines. Recovering from valve replacement surgery, my father is doing well. I made the trip over and back to Ohio to visit with no stops anywhere except for at the Hacienda. Although I did fuel up at the gas station before returning back, the Prius does get really good gas mileage. And Columbus, Ohio was 35 cents a gallon cheaper than it is over here in Indiana. Another thing on my headline news is that my wife, Patricia, my favorite wife, Patricia, will be joining me to help with the production of my books and of my videos that I utilize on Patreon to educate and illustrate Tokushi Kempo, as well as other inane blogs I intend to put out. Of course, I'd like to do a lot more adventure videos, things like my wife ziplining across the Ohio River, but we couldn't get the permit for that, or bungee jumping off the bridge right outside of Madison. But we decided against that as I didn't want to go to meet God right away. And I'm sure she would have sent me if I even tried to get her to go over the edge of the bridge. We also elected to pass on Richard Branson's trip into space. Instead of going into space with him, I think I'd like to spend my next $22 million on a fleet of sailing boats instead. But for right now, looking at sailing kayaks seemed like a lot of fun. And the smaller the boat, the bigger the adventure. And now it's time for today's quote. What you're supposed to do when you don't like a thing is change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Maya Angelou. And now it's time for today's haiku. In 1935, my father's birthday today, doing squats, show off. And moving on to Zen and Pen Dojo Notes, Matt who is also known as Uke by Sensei, had this to say about my father's squats. Sure, maybe he just recovered from heart surgery, but he wasn't using any weights while he was squatting. And in defense of my father, I had to point out that he is walking with one of those strolling wheel jobs that 86-year-old paratroopers often use after jumping out of airplanes. Of course, he was 101st Airborne, or puking buzzards as he often refers to them. And that was back before they were air assault. And my father also performed Kempo height sidekicks, as well as other exercises. I didn't feel it was necessary to say anything else to Uke. After all, my mother had just throat punched him. Which brings us to the conclusion of Dojo Notes. Respect your elders, and watch out for throat punches. And now it's time for Back in the Saddle again. And for today's Back in the Saddle moment, I'm making the podcast. I missed making it Monday. As I had mentioned, I was off gallivanting around in Ohio. I drove in darkness on the way over, and I drove in darkness and a torrential rainstorm on the way back. There was rolling thunder across the sky, lightning flashing, and I thought I was going to die. 
or wait, I was listening to ACDC as I got to witness the Lawrenceburg Police Department pull over a car that had passed me like I was sitting still. So there is that little karma thing going on, which brings us to today's victory. In 1099, the Crusaders launch a attack on Jerusalem. Contrary to popular belief, this was before my father's birthday. Much later, in 1585, a group of 108 English colonists, led by Sir Richard Grenville, reaches Roanoke Island in North Carolina. We're still waiting for word back from them. In more contemporary times, like 1754, George Washington surrenders Fort Necessity to the French, leaving them in control of the Ohio Valley. Although, later on, Washington went on to gain some other notoriety. And a distant family member of mine, a brigadier general back in the colonial days, gets to work with General Washington, but this time achieving a more successful outcome. In 1832, Henry Schoolcraft discovers the source of the Mississippi River. Indigenous people shrugged their heads. They had done that very same thing only 1,500 years earlier. The thing was, they had no press coverage. Which brings me back to one of my personal little victories in the dojo was coming up with the little phrase, fat dogs. I've been using it to describe the tertiary directive. The fat dogs are actually an acronym, and they have nothing to do with the little under-exercised pooches being dragged on the leash down the sidewalk. It also doesn't have anything to do with hot dog vendors piling on the toppings on your favorite all-beef or vegetarian hot dog. Of course, this also covers all of the other pork, chicken, and turkey combinations. It always surprises me when people are asking me about the strangest thing I've eaten. I find it interesting when many of them recoil over a little bit of sashimi. For whatever reason, a bit of raw fish turns their stomach, so I generally ask them if they like Rocky Mountain oysters, beef testicles. And this isn't received very favorably either, and people that are squeamish about the fish generally tell me they would never eat anything like that. This also includes questions about other organs, lips, ears, and other animal parts, like an anus, but they're perfectly happy standing there eating a hot dog, but to each their own. So my fat dogs have nothing to do with hot dogs. Instead, it means the first available target, which is a third step in our Tokushi Kempo strategy, but it is to be achieved simultaneously with steps one and two combined. This, of course, goes hand-in-hand hand with Mayamato Musashi's concept of strategy, in which he said, cutting down the enemy is the way of strategy, and there is not much need for any refinements thereof. Of course, he didn't say exactly like that. For example, I believe he only spoke Japanese. And from my study of Japanese, there's at least three different meanings you can 
derive from this. However, my main goal or the product I want to achieve from this is to drop the opponent right at my feet where it's easier for me to manage them and not allow them to get back up on their feet to begin a new assault. Of course, it's situational, whatever we're going to do. It depends upon the attacker. So we may be forced into a situation where we have to escape, or if we're unable to do so, we might have to restrain our attacker. This can be achieved by joint locks, or even chokeholds, sleepers. But if we're in a street confrontation, we don't necessarily want to spend any time on the ground or tie up the use of our hands performing a lock or restraint of some sort when it might be necessary to adapt a tool to help assist us. The tools can be blunt, edge, flexible, projectile, or a combination thereof whatever is necessary for this situation. If we're strong enough or uninjured, we might be able to subdue the attacker with a strike or a kick instead of a hold. And then again, as I had mentioned, there is always the use of self-defense tools, but you have to determine if the situation warrants it. Do you have justifiable reasons that could stand up in court for utilizing a weapon? Do you have concealed carry? In your state, are you trained in the proper use and handling of firearms? Generally, a knife is not a good self-defense weapon. Although it is very effective, it is not looked upon favorably in most courts. And you have to have extenuating circumstances to justify its use. Nonetheless, cutting the opponent down is still one and the same as far as goals go, and that's where the dogs come down, down on the ground. So yes, of course there is hidden meaning in my fat dog's term, but that is the nature of martial arts for all of you that understand Lao Tzu. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by joining me on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash ranlaw but no space between the RAND and the law. I encourage everyone to seek out martial art instruction. It has been the source and foundation to everything I do. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushikimpo. Until next time, this is Ran Law reminding you to follow your dreams.